Hello. Thank you for tuning into this podcast on Better Value, Better Business, where I attempt to uncover how value is formed so you can create advantage in your own business. Sometimes it is easier to understand value creation by looking at the converse. So in this episode, I am taking a look at ways value is destroyed between parties. Let's call this value destruction. It can be deliberate or accidental. And it comes about through misintegrating resources. So I'm just going to recap about creating value between two parties and the integration of resources. At one end of the spectrum is a situation where one party, let's call it the firm, makes and produces a product. The customer buys it and uses it, but they don't have to create it in any sense. Another example is if you go to the dentist, you just have to bring along your teeth and you don't need to do any work to get the value from it. But at the other end of the spectrum is when you purchase something like a cycling holiday and in order to get the value from it, you have to do the work. You would need to integrate your willingness to go along with the program, be timely, to follow the route map, to do the mileage and not be a burden on others. You'll probably have to get into training too. So that is an example of very integrated resources. I have also uncovered the reasons that people misintegrate. What are the behavioral traits that cause this? But it is probably clearer to give some examples. Perhaps the biggest, most obvious example is the value destruction caused by the pandemic lockdowns. People had to become self-reliant to create the experiences they wanted. Universities were a case in point, where students could no longer get the resources from libraries, were unable to work in the laboratories or benefit from broader discussions with other students. Studies show that one of the ways people imbibe knowledge is through discussing it with others. So I said people had to become more self-reliant and students had to research and deduce all sorts of things because there weren't colleagues to check up with. The university experience is about a transformational culture of aligning with a new set of friends, values, mores of how to conduct academic work, getting support and encouragement. It isn't only about what can be learnt from a book. So this experience was destroyed for students as they couldn't integrate their resources together. So here are some more examples of value being destroyed. So an older person finds that they can no longer use a much-loved cafe because now it only takes card payments and that older person only uses cash. Or the instance of a call centre where the staff are frustrated by a new CRM system as they have not been trained to capitalise on the up-to-date customer information for their interactions. Now, in both of those examples, the causes can be a lack of capability or capacity or a belief in either of those things. So this is a lack of resources to integrate or it could be a, can be accidental 
or a deliberate misintegration in terms of accessing resources. So it was the cafe deliberately refused cash payments um, or it can be due to a lack of resources. Um, like I said, a capability or a belief of such. For instance, the older person might not carry a debit card or believes it to be a security risk, so doesn't use it. So that is um, a belief that um, it's a risk. In another instance, an exclusive private club only accepts affluent, well-connected people referred to by existing members. Or a management consultant is unable to implement a performance improvement strategy because the requested information from the organisation is not forthcoming. So we would say this is due to the deliberate restriction of or prevention by at least one side. And this can be due to biases, stereotyping, prejudices, norms and power plays. So another type of misintegration is a student regularly skipping school as an expression of defiance or a patient who refuses a life-saving blood transfusion because of religious beliefs or perhaps a couple refuses to give permission for the donation of their son's organs because of mistrust of health professionals. These are examples of a deliberate withholding of resources due to voluntary deprivation, defiance, sabotage, control, revenge or no perceived value of integration. So another type is a homeowner arguing with a real estate agent about how much to invest in renovating a house in preparation for sale. A patient feels his doctor has recommended excessive screening tests because he is overly concerned with risk management. Or a reseller disagrees with a manufacturer on the nature of point of purchase promotions and the retail price to be set. So these types of disagreements are on how to integrate resources and it could be accidental or deliberate. And the causes of these are conflict, power, control, self-serving views, a lack of empathy, or just sheer dogmatism. So let's get on to some slightly darker behaviours. What about a customer staying at a five-star hotel who fakes an anniversary for a free bottle of wine, registers a false complaint to obtain compensation, and uses the room to conduct illegal business. Or a young single mother blogs about her fictitious terminal cancer to attract large donations from the public to fund her bogus treatment. So this really is now deceptive integration of resources. This is the deliberate concealment or misrepresentation by at least one of the parties. Uh, the potential causes are opportunism, misbehaviour, sensation-seeking, dark triad personality traits. Now, these dark triad traits are Machiavellianism, psychopathy and narcissism. And I write about why customers lie in my blog on my website. Another area 
is, for instance, a client providing a consultancy with a sloppy brief that excludes information essential for a project. Or a hospitality worker cannot be bothered sharing his management expertise with the struggling cafe he works for, even though his advice would make a significant difference. Or a financial institution randomly charges customers for financial advice they did not receive as the key account managers are distracted by meeting revenue targets. So these are caused by negligence, deliberate inattention, carelessness due to ambivalence, apathy, low involvement or laziness. My own personal experience is that more and more organisations are wising up to the sloppy brief scenario. At the start of the relationship, they are specifying what they need from the customer and emphasising the customer's role. So some other types of destructive behaviours are something like a drunk client demanding that his lawyer change his will after an argument with his children or a mother altering her sick child's diet according to information she has read on the internet, but which is contrary to advice given by a maternal health nurse. So these behaviours are caused deliberately, you know, by disqualification, ineligibility or inexperience. And then uh, another instance, something quite different, is if you think about an obsessed fan hanging around a football club to attract the attention of a particular player at every training session and game. He makes an enormous effort to speak with the player face to face and comments on the player's performance every day using the club's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook accounts. Or a teenage Australian schoolboy hacks into Apple's secure computer systems on multiple occasions over a year because he is a huge fan of the company. Now, these are examples of excessive integration of resources. They can be accidental or deliberate due to obsession, fanaticism, addiction or anxiety. And finally... What about a disadvantaged customer with few financial resources who is intimidated into working with a loan shark to survive? Or a high-value customer who makes unreasonable demands on the service provider? Or a young woman who is forced into performing commercial sex acts by traffickers operating under the guise of a legitimate modelling agent? So this is a coercive integration of resources and it's due to perceived dependence, lack of alternatives, lack of control and agency, threats and pressure, power and dominance. So these dark behaviours aren't only limited to customer relationships, but it manifests also internally in organisations between staff. For instance, there is a phenomenon termed social undermining and this can be an outward indication or display of anger or dislike. It can be criticism of their attributes, actions and efforts of hindrance of their attaining their goals. It can be making someone feel incompetent, withholding information or giving misleading information, giving them the silent treatment 
talking behind a colleague's back or spreading rumours about them. Social undermining in the workplace, and it can be a co-worker or supervisor, is a cost to how people interrelate, communicate and perform tasks. The knock-on effect, which is a hidden cost on an organisation, is on the damage to culture and performance. Socially undermining behaviour is demotivating, so affects productivity and well-being of individuals. Moreover, loyalty to the organisation is diminished and innovation is reduced, so these are really damaging. So now you know how to look out for the signs in your organisation and see it through a value creation lens. Once you can classify it, you are in a better position to deal with the causes correctly. But we can drill down a bit further into the causal mechanisms of creating value between parties if we look at the above examples and see what things they had in common. So let's first deal with the ability to have dialogue. And dialogue means a deep interactivity an ability and willingness to act on both sides. It entails empathetic understanding built around experiencing what consumers experience. And this mutual dialogue has to take place around the issues of common interest between consumer and organisation. It also requires a forum with clear rules of engagement leading to an orderly, productive interaction. Where dialogue is prevented or reduced, this will have a huge impact on value being formed and realised. Thinking about access. This is access to the right information and tools. Another dimension that affects how value is formed is the assessment of risk. Dialogue helps create a more trusting relationship In the examples above, for instance, the parents who refused to donate their child's organs because of distrust of health professionals, it would be wise for health services to proactively communicate about risk. People want to know about how risk can be mitigated. Transparency builds trust between both organisations, groups and individuals. These building blocks are linked together in the sense that one can facilitate another. For instance, transparency can facilitate a collaborative dialogue. So if any of these building blocks of dialogue, access, risk assessment or transparency are blocked or diminished, this leads to destruction of potential value. In my day job, I look out for all these behaviours through client and employee research. You can find out more at my website at as-insights.com. Do drop me a question too. That's all for you today and thanks for listening. Mm